the objective of, of the email at the end of the day is getting the user from point A to point B. That's all it is. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 37. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. Another fabulous episode. Are you ready for this? I am very ready. I've got this New Year's resolution, which is I'm actually going to send cakes and stuff uh, to all of my friends to make them fatter so I look thinner. That's a, that's a really good idea, isn't it? What do you it? think? <laughs> Here we are. Welcome to another episode of Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. This is Rob and Kennedy. Hello. From Response Suite. We're really excited to be here. We've got another great episode lined up for you. We're going to be talking about email marketing, specifically in the world of e-commerce. So those e-commerce stores, I know everybody's got like an, everybody and their granny's got like an Etsy store now because they're all making funky things at home, aren't they? Like cross stitches and all that sort of stuff. It's all very, very trendy. People will buy anything on the internet. They will, won't they? I've got some little cross stitches with a picture of my eyebrow on. Would you like to buy one? Honestly, it'll buy anything. Anything. Huh? We'll actually just have a little laugh here because uh, Grace, our content marketing queen here at Response Week, has her own Etsy store and she sells, uh, I don't know, Proggy or something. Is Proggy a real thing? What's Proggy? I think Proggy is a real thing. It's that thing where you get like a stick and you're like sort of, it's a bit like lazy cross stitch. Anyway, are we really here talking about Proggy? Cross stitch by numbers. Cross stitch. <laughs> If that's not a thing. Then, then Grace, you should get all There's over that. There's probably a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, there you are. So email marketing, obviously you've been around it for a very long time. You've used mm. various platforms. I remember back in the day I used to use, but I used to use, I used to use Aweber back mm. in the day. And then I moved on to various different things these days, currently using Infusionsoft and we're also using ActiveCampaign here. We're also using, what are we using here? We're using ConvertKit. That's we? the one. Yeah. We've so, tried them all, haven't we, over a period of time? We're kind of, uh, we're kind of email marketing whores really, aren't we? Yeah. We're just sort of, I, but I really like email marketing. It's one of the most exciting things I think that we do as, as online because it's the thing that you see the swiftest direct return from. It is for me. I mean, a lot of I hear so many people talking about oh, email marketing. It's dead. Nobody wants to receive that stuff anymore. Yeah, every time I hit send on a new campaign, like I see a sales, I see sales come in because one of my businesses that I have is is an e-com store, and I know that if I put some kind of special offer together, then I know I'm going to get a really direct return. With the best will in the world, you know, you can create a lovely a lovely uh, e-com store. You can create a lovely sales funnel. You can do whatever you want, and creating the thing that's all great. Yeah. But the, the thing that really drives that when gets your instant return is when you go and just pop out a quick email to your list. Like, that's the thing is. for me. Otherwise, how are you going to tell people about new products you might have? And yeah, you can use your Instagram and you can use your Twitter and any other social networks. But really getting directly into people's email inboxes where they get important notifications. You know, we get notifications from all kinds of our energy suppliers and our telephone company. Everybody sends you emails these days and the important stuff right there in your email inbox. And the big thing, I think... E- I've seen a lot of e-commerce people struggling with, I've struggled with, is actually how do you come up with offers to put in there that are not just discounts? Yeah. And if you are going to do a discount, don't do the normal stuff. That's my bit of advice. Like if you were going to, Rob, if you were going to start an e-com store, I would say like, don't just be like, oh, I'm going to do, it's a Boxing Day sale. Everybody else is doing a Boxing Day sale. Boxing Day is the worst time to do a sale, I think, like for my, in terms of my business, because you're just blending in, you're sort of competing with all the big brands who can do better discounts for more attractive products than probably you can. Yeah. Whereas for me, I would, I'd, I delayed things a bit. I was like, actually, I'm not going to do a Boxing Day sale. I'm going to wait a little bit, a little bit. And I had a really specific reason. And I think when you're going to do a sale, do limited quantity and have a really good reason. That's really cool. I mean, obviously you have an e-com store. I don't have an e-com store, but I've watched you build yours over a period of time. Mm. So I was really interested to see how email marketing 
shifts from being an info product thing to being a thing you do for e-com. And that's why I was really excited about this particular episode of the podcast. It was before we get into this episode, if you are a high ticket coach, a consultant, or you're starting a business in high ticket coaching or consultancy, and you want to increase the number of applications you get for your program, then you know the key, the crux of the whole thing is in having a really effective and high converting application form. And if you'd like to see the one we've refined and designed over the past who knows how many years using our combined expertise, then we'd like to give it to you absolutely free as well. Not just give it to you as in give you the application form, but also give you the complete understanding of why everything's where it is and how we've laid things out and the reason we've made all the choice in that application form. Now, we could have sold it, but we're just really nice people. So we're giving it away completely free. And you can find that over at where, Robert? Just go to www.perfectapplicationform.com. And you can just download it absolutely free and start applying some of that psychology and some of that sales ninja know-how into your application forms and start receiving more applications, but also more highly qualified applications that are really easy to convert. And with that, into today's episode, where we chatted to the lovely Gabriella Raponi. Take it away. Well, Gab, welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? We're smashing. We're really very good. We're really excited to be speaking to you. I want to talk to, I want to begin this conversation talking about cocaine. (laughs) Can we talk about cocaine and email marketing? Of course. Episode, I mean, come on. (laughs) Yes, I I always love it. People always ask me, you know, how I got started in this industry. And I always say cocaine. That's that's exactly how I got started. It's going to drive you to something, isn't it? Exactly. Absolutely. So uh, uh, basically, long story short, uh, you know, unfortunately, I was young, stupid, in love. Uh, I was 26 at the time, newly graduated. I just came back from spending six months in California. So, you know, if you've ever spent any time on the West Coast, you know, you tend to get, you know, I was, you know, I was, uh, I'm a, I'm a very, I'm a granola type of, of female. So, you know, I was into yoga. And at that point when I got back, I was so in love that I ended up, you know, dating this guy who I ended up giving $30,000 to who basically blew it all on cocaine. So before I knew it, (laughs) so before I knew it, I was broke, totally desperate. So, you know, basically going insane at this point because, you know, I felt terrible here. I was, you know, totally brokenhearted. So I was trying to look for a job and the first job I could get was um, a job at an email service provider. So I took it and I took it. I was like, you know, I need to, I need to pay off this debt. I need to pay off this debt that was not mine. You know, here I was, you know, I spent all these years, you know, accumulating credit, accumulating, you know, great credit scores and all that. And I wasn't about to ruin it because of stupid mistake I made. So I took a, you know, a 30K a year job to pay off a 30,000 debt that wasn't mine. And uh, that's it for a whole year. I basically worked at an email service provider where I basically got my start in the industry. Ended up loving it. Didn't realize I would end up loving it. I got fired from the email service provider literally two weeks before my last payment so I could pay off that debt. And uh, that's when I basically started Ace Maverick Media. That's so you it. Are, 
you're one of those uh, enigmas, those people who know all the things from the email service. Well, I've just, I've just I've yes. just got images of Gab wandering around the streets delivering people's emails into their <laughs> mailboxes. He knows all the things about what IP addresses are and why the spam folder exists. And oh, this is all exciting. Yes, yeah, so what all those numbers yes. that they make you set up when you're trying to figure out what on earth, how on earth email is unsimple. So that got you a real taste for okay, this email thing is quite fascinating. You, you probably understand a, a lot more of the tech behind email deliverability, and maybe we'll uncover a little bit about that in a few moments' time. But you really, for some reason, you ended up in this sort of area of of, of working on e-commerce email specifically. We talk to a lot of people. We work with a lot of clients who are selling information, for example, or yes. expertise or that kind of thing. But we know that a lot of our listeners also have some kind of e-commerce element to their business, some kind of online store. Mm-hmm. And I've never really thought about the difference of strategy. Is it different? In all honesty, it is not different. I, that is, I mean, I can tell you right now that one of the biggest challenges I have now with e-commerce people is really sort of getting over the mental mind shift and mindset. Uh, because again, like when people, when you open up your email, when you open up your email, you're not looking at your email saying, oh, wait a minute, this is an email from an infopreneur. Wait a minute, this is an email from an e-commerce store. No, email is email. So, and that's the thing is the strategies aren't any different. Don't get me wrong. There's different tactics, right? There's different ways to segment. There's different ways that you can sort of build simple automation. So you don't have to always be in your business every single day, especially if you run an e-com store, but it really isn't any different. I mean, I came from the, you know, affiliate world, which is, you know, where I manage as seen on TV offers, you know, that was one of my biggest clients. So, you know, Shake Weight, Genie Bra, all those, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Shakeway. I don't remember. No, but that. I have a genie bra somewhere. Around <laughs> <the place. laughs> well, well, there you go. So, so, um, and those were basically like as seen on TV offers, right? It's 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 an e-commerce product. It is right. It's a commerce, it, and basically what it is, it was just promoting one item every single day. That's all I did was email the exact same item every single day and every single day we were still able to make money. So this is it. It's not like, it's not any different. E-commerce is not any different from an infopreneur. Like their emails are not going to be any different. The objective of, of the email at the end of the day is getting the user from point A to point B. That's all it is. So this is why e-commerce, affiliates, infopreneurs, like it doesn't matter. The objective is still get the user to open and get the user to click so you can drive them to whatever page you want. That's all it is. So with an e-com business, how, how often should you, can you, do you email? Like, I mean, that was, that was daily you were just in there, Gab, right? Yeah, I mean, daily. I would, I would send the same offer sometimes eight times a day, as long as it kept making money. So, you know, I mean, that's the thing with email is you don't need to guess with email. You don't need to assume. So because the stats are all in front of you, right? It, that's the thing is you want to be able to push your limit because if you're not emailing, the guy across the street is going to email and he's going to tap into your customers and get those sales. So it's up to you to basically be able to have that knowledge to say, you know what? I know I can push my list to this limit because I can, because you're basing it, because you're able to look at your stats and able to make an assessment based on, uh, let's just say your unsubscribes or your feedback loop rates. So the indicators are there to tell you when you should back off and if you should email more. Okay, what are those indicators? So we've got what, unsubscribes, what else? Correct. And you also have your spam complaints, your feedback loop rates. So okay. depending on, yeah, so depending on what ESP you use, you know, though they might 
coin it differently. Most of them just call them spam, um, spam emails, or they'll call it, you know, FBL for feedback loops, but, or complaints, that's what they'll call them. Okay. So, and that's typically, you know, depending of course on your ESP, they all have different metrics. Of course, if you are not using an email service provider like a MailChimp or a Clavio or anything like that or SendGrid, then your allowances for spam complaints are a little bit higher or much higher than they would be at an email service provider. Okay, so you, let's say we're going to email every single day. One of the biggest challenges I know every single one of us, whether we're selling e-commerce or we might be selling information or whatever we're selling, is coming up with a reason to mail every single time, whether that's daily or weekly, whatever it's going to be, how on earth you're selling one thing, you're selling some kind of fancy, I think you said some kind of fancy bra, which I'm going to fixate on for a little while. Um, (laughs) We're selling the same bra every single day. We've only got one product. How on earth do we go about figuring out different reasons to mail? Because one of the things that strikes me with e-com is one of the only reasons that you see a lot of people mailing, especially some of the big retailers in the world, is there's a sale. And it's just because there's a discount. There's a sale yes. on it. It's a Tuesday sale. It's a holiday sale. It's, yes, a, it's, it's always a sale. Like, I mean, holy <laughs> hell, how many sales come to be? I mean, it's almost like a miracle when the damn thing's on full price. How do we come up? with like a different angle that's not a sale. I, you know, I, I definitely agree. Everything, and, and that's e-commerce done poorly. That's yeah. why, you know, e-commerce, that's why so many people with e-commerce lists fail at email because, you know, number one, they're, they've conditioned these users to only buy on discounts. So again, like all those rules that you learned about marketing, you know, conditioning your users, not conditioning to do this, for some reason, the minute people start to email, they lose all rhyme or reason. So going back to your original question, which is, you know, how do you come up with the content? It's, it's very simple. You just need to understand your avatars because, you know, the people that are coming to your store, they're coming to your store for a reason. They're either coming for a pain or desire, right? And it's not just one type of person. You have different type of avatars, right? And you, and you can tell just by based on your demographics. You know, you're going to have people that are maybe coming to you age 44. You know, the guy that's coming to you at 65 is going to be different from the woman that's coming to you at 44. And they so want different to- types of bra. <laughs> exactly right they have they have different types of needs right sure. so uh so that's the deal is really understanding those avatars and building those avatars so you understand their pain points and desires so that when you're creating your content right so when you're creating that monday email it's not about the 20 percent sale no one no one cares about your sale what they care is what your product is going to do for them if i say oh my god i have a way you know are you experiencing back pain this is one easy way to get rid of your back pain because I understand my avatars, right? I don't need to uh, get them with a 20% sale because there's no benefit for them. Why do I need this 20% sale? Give me a reason to actually click. So a sale is not enough. So this is why whenever I teach my students or whenever I, you know, whenever I, I oversee my clients, for, for us, the biggest thing that we develop first is, is the actual avatars. Because if you, don't under, if you don't understand your avatars, you will never be able to understand how to write for them, how to easily write for them and how to easily, you know, curate content for them. You know, I actually had a case study with one of my, with one of my students, she actually has this cat store and people were amazed that, you know, we, we sent out a, you know, a CPA offer for, you know, melting belly fat and people just couldn't understand. They're like, how did you send a weight loss offer to a cat store? I'm like, because my cat people, the cat people don't care if it's a cat store. You know, they don't care. They only care that they trust you, right? They trust you. They like the information you give them and they're going to buy from you. So 
you, you know what I'm saying? Like this is, this is the major shift that a lot of e-commerce stores make. And a lot of them don't understand that, listen, it's not about, no one cares about your brand. Okay. No one does. Okay. Like, unless you're Nike, unless you're getting, you know, an email from Nike trying to sell you some sort of weight loss product, you know, then you'd be sort of scratching your head saying, oh, what's going on here? What are they doing? You know, that's a little strange, but when you're just developing your brand, no one cares. No one's, you know, sitting there saying, why am I getting this weight loss brand when I just bought, you know, a purse from you guys? They're, they're not sitting there saying that. So with that, with that said, so our background is firmly in selling info products and courses. Like that's one of the things that we've done a lot of. And so with that, there's a lot of, there's some really obvious sort of routes. So for example, if somebody's just bought a product from you, a training course about list building, yes. it would make sense that the next step of their journey might be to learn about email marketing and you could sell them that. And then the next or conversion or, or conversions and stuff. Yeah. Obviously Absolutely. with, with your, you really need to understand your avatar in order to be able to do that with e-com if what you're selling is, you know, maybe a cat product and then suddenly you realize actually most of these people who are buying cat products would also be interested in this weight loss supplement or whatever. How do you, like, what is it that you're doing to look into your avatar? What sort of stuff are you looking at to work? Actually, that would be the next logical thing to sell. And how do you decide what that next thing is? Yeah, so that's, uh, I actually create a system, right? So, I mean, a lot of this because one of the things that I did realize once I sort of switched over because, you know, I was managing email lists for a long time and then I decided, you know, I'm, I gave up, not gave up, but I was like, I'm tired. <laughs> you know, I'm tired of, of managing other people's lists. So that's when I sort of focused, when I started shifting, shifting my focus more to, um, to info products and creating info products to teach people how to email because, again, I saw there was a major need for it. And then I really sort of delved it down and said, you know what, who is it that uses mostly email, right? Who are the clients that come to me mostly? Mostly they're 90% of them are all, all e-commerce brands. They're all people with funnels, stores, products, right? So, you know, this is when I decided to sort of shift my focus more and just focus just on the e-commerce people. Because yes, you know, there are those infopreneurs that are selling products, but that accounts for probably about 15% of the people that actually email. Because the infopreneurs understand the power of email, as opposed to e-commerce people don't really understand that because a lot of them haven't been successful. And one of the things that I like to do is really create easy systems, process and procedures for, for my students and my clients. So I basically created this one thing that I like to actually call the heart. And I actually, one way that I like to actually uh, describe email marketing is like a tree. Okay. Because when people are coming to you, they're coming into your email list, they're all being funneled through that, through the trunk of the tree. And then you have to imagine the tree branches being segments of that tree. Okay. So you have to imagine those being segments. And just like in real life, okay, you would never see a tree, right, with a branch that's, you know, 100 feet long. You would never see that. So this is why you don't want, you know, uh, segmentations or automations that are 90 days deep. I mean, I've seen automations that are 90 days deep, which is totally insane. And then basically at the base of the tree, you have the roots, which is I call the heart. And the heart is basically where people is your avatar. People are coming through the roots through the actual trunk of the tree because of a pain or desire. So it's a matter now of matching the different aspects because people don't understand that avatars, it's not about the demographics. It's not about, yes, their age matters, all that sort of stuff, but it's really about understanding the psychographics. So I actually have a system that I built. That's why I call it the, the heart, right? I call it the M heart, where it basically starts to tie it together, you know, the psychographics, the demographics, the different pains and desires, and you can slowly start to build your avatar so you can understand how to easily create content. Because as you mentioned, e-commerce, the bigger, biggest problem they have 
is trying to come up with content. That is their number one. All of them sit there struggling saying, what am I going to send my users? You, now that you know your actual heart, because you know what's, how to tap into that user to get them to click, because the objective of email is to get the click. It's to get the open and get the click. That's it. Mm-hmm. That is it. That is the number one objective. The landing page to make the sale, all you need to do, I mean, that's an optimization. That's a landing page issue. So it really just comes down to understanding, again, the demographics, the psychographics, so that you can meet the user halfway. So then when you're writing your email, I'm meeting you halfway already. I'm grabbing your attention by saying, hey, guess what? You know, did you, you know, uh, uh, you know, have you eaten too much over the holidays, feeling bloated, whatever, want to look better? Like I've, I'm already tapping into it. I know what gets them to actually to get their attention. And then from there, I can continue to tap into what I call the heart by tapping into their pain and desires. And that's how you get the click. That's fascinating. So really just really focusing in on the click itself and getting that thing open. So let's imagine mo- mm-hmm. most people who've created a product or sell some kind of service, they have usually begun their business in order to sell their product. They've usually created the thing. They've created a bit of software. They've created the ebook because they're passionate about that. But usually it's not created the other way around, which is to oh, I've identified a marketplace which I really identify with and therefore I'm going to create this product. So usually we're sort of almost doing it like, I would say, like the wrong way around. So we've created a product and we now need to go and understand the marketplace. What are some really quick ways that you would, if I was to come to you and say, hey, Gab, please take care of our email. Mm-hmm. You're going to take care of this. This is the product that we sell. And you're like, I have no idea about this marketplace. Where is Gab going to go to find out more about that marketplace and start getting a realistic, really current picture of the market? Yeah, so that's a good question. So one of the places, obviously, you want to start with the easy information that you have. So you want to stick to getting grabbing all your demographic information first and foremost, right? So, of course... You know, if you're running ads, then, you know, you should have your, be looking at your Google Analytics. If you have your Facebook pages, you should be looking at your Facebook Insights. You should be grabbing every piece of information. And if you're on a Facebook page, you'll know that Facebook gives you 200 tabs of information based on your users. So you have a ton of demographic information. And then based on that, I always like to kind of focus on a few key things, which is number one, where are people spending most of their time? What are they watching? What do they believe in? Because what people watch says a lot about who they are. The people they follow says a lot about who they are. So you can start building avatars around that. And then, you know, once you have, and I always, you know, I always like to tell my students, listen, you want to build, you want to start at least with two avatars that are different, right? So let's just say you have an audience of 50, 50 male or female. You want to start with a male and female so you can start to build that avatar, right? And you're going to basically pull it from all the information, right? You want to see where they're hanging out. You want to see who they're talking to, who they're, who they support, who they don't support. Their political, political beliefs is a big thing as well. And, you know, you can start slowly building from there. And then from there, you know, I always tell people, listen, if you don't know, you know, obviously you're going to be building these avatars as you go, but survey your people. You know, you have users, people love giving their feedback. I love that idea. They love it. They love giving their feedback. So create a survey, but don't create a survey like all the other ones, right? I mean, granted, it really depends on who you are, but don't, don't you know, don't create a survey saying, you know, do you make between 150,000 and 200,000? Do you have two kids, five kids? Like, don't do that. Like, make it fun. You know, make it fun where it's like, oh, you know, your perfect Friday night. You know, what would you do it? This is your perfect Friday night. Um, 
you know, at home with a bottle of wine? Is it in a club? Is it, um, you know, is it spending a Friday night at the gym? Like asking those type of questions where you can start to understand where your user values their time so that you can because what we're really asking people to do all the way through this and it's just sort of become as a realization to me what we're really asking people to do more than just spend their money because they can they can go make more money everybody can go make more money is we're actually asking them to where they spend their time so because there's such a high value on people's time these days yeah this this makes a lot of sense you've mentioned already at this point a couple of kind of things that uh, e-com owners kind of do wrong so what Mm -hmm. other big mistakes do you think that a lot of e-commerce owners are making a lot of e-commerce people make, um, I think that the biggest mistake is assuming a lot of things. Not only assuming, but also projecting their fears onto their users. Like people will be like, oh, well, I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to bother my users too much. Well, okay, do you like making sales? <laughs> like, do you, want, do you like having a business? Like, if you don't like making sales and you don't want to run your own business, then again, just don't assume look at the numbers, right? Because the numbers are basically telling you what to do. So that's the biggest thing that I I do see, you know, e-commerce people make is that fear. And I understand that fear. You know, I get it. You know, I totally get it. I was in that. None of us want to be a nuisance. None of us want to be that neighbor who keeps knocking on the door saying, hey, can I ask another question? Like nobody wants to be, uh, nobody wants to be that guy or girl, do they? Of course not. But at the end of the day, listen, if you're making sales, you're always going to have people complain. You're always going to have people unsubscribe. It is what it is. You cannot please the world. So, you know, the way I see it, and trust me, you have no idea the amount of death threats I used to get on a daily basis just because of email. Wow. I mean, the epic amount of death threats I would get. And I'd be like, guys, it's just email. Like, unsubscribe, man. I like, bet you learned a lot of new curse words. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Not just curse words, but I was like, I would wake up every morning. I had to like manually unsubscribe these people that had some of the worst things in the world to say, you know, and I think only two people actually picked up the phone ever to call me. And they were actually two very nice people. They actually weren't too bad. Um, But it was terrible. Like that was one thing. So it was like, you know, I I was happy that that was one thing that I got used to right off the bat was Mm -hmm. just understanding that, listen, people are going to hate. People are not going to, you know, people are going to complain. So as long as you keep feeding the beast and you're able to keep the yahoos and the gmails of the world happy because those are the world, those are the people that matter, right? Mm -hmm. Because they are the ones that are influencing whether or not you're going to hit the inbox, right? So for me, if I get people who unsubscribe or they're unhappy, then just unsubscribe. That's okay. You know, there's 10 people behind you that are going to be happy to purchase. Um, Just on that note, we're going to interrupt these lovely proceedings and totally derail this conversation for a moment to play our first game of this episode. And that is the true or false round. So Gab, three simple statements for you. Your job is to guess whether you think they are true or false and why. So the first one is 82% of the top 1,000 US online retailers send welcome emails. 82% of the top 1,000 U.S. online retailers send welcome emails. Do you think that's true or false? I would say that is false. Uh, They do not send welcome. Even e-commerce stores, the ones that, you know, are going to promise you a discount usually don't end up sending them. You are correct. It is false. It is, in fact, only 58%. Mm-hmm. That's a massive untapped opportunity, isn't it? Here's your second statement. Free shipping and discounts are the offers email subscribers want to receive most. Correct. 30, I think it's about 30 or 40% that actually want to receive discounts. 
Wow, it's absolutely true. Yes, it is. That's the most, that's the biggest reason. And finally, 91% of Americans want to receive promotional emails. (laughs) That's a definite false. It's actually surprisingly true. No, really? Because if you think about it, I mean, it makes sense. Like, if I buy a beautiful product off you, I want to hear about other beautiful products you have. So I think it's the other 9% who are sending the death threats. Yes. yes. (laughs) That's right. They are awful, awful people. All right. So I want to talk a bit about the style of emails. So mm-hmm. for an e-com store, the standard thing we, we see a lot when someone sells a lot of different products is it's that usual sort of two columns, little sort of uh, snapshots, almost looks a little bit like Instagram. Here are all my beautiful, pretty products. Yeah. Is that the high, is that the best way to promote an e-com product or by email or is it, is there a different way? Where does that sit for you? Sure. Um, Well, I mean, listen, I I always like to tell people, number one, you have to test everything, right? You you have to absolutely test everything. Um, But at the end of the day, again, it comes down to uh, it comes down to um, what is it that you're trying to do? Like I always, I always tell people, listen, okay, this is how you master email when you're trying to look at it. If you don't understand anything about email copy or whatever it is, because remember the objective of the email, okay, we all know that e-commerce people want to make money. We get that. Okay. We get, everyone wants to make sales. Okay. Everyone does. Anyone that has a business wants to make sales. Um, but the biggest thing I always tell people is look at your emails objectively and look at them and say, listen, okay. Are you letting them taste the milk or are you giving away the cow? Because if you're giving away the cow, you're not giving your user a reason to click. So unless you're talking about like an abandoned sequence where someone, you know, left a specific, you know, item in a cart, that's different. But for everyday emails, again, you have to look at it. What is it that you're trying to do? Okay. Again, you're not trying to sell the product. You're trying to get people back to your store. That's what you're trying to do. So the whole point is what is going to get people's attention? Like I had this one example when I was speaking at uh, uh, the Arab Affiliate Summit a couple of weeks ago where I showed two extreme examples, okay? I showed an extreme example of, you know, an email, you know, your typical e-commerce email that has this insane long story. It it wasn't properly formatted, super hard to read. uh, And these guys spent hundreds of dollars on on a... on a copywriter versus literally all I had was one image. It was blurred. And all it said is, do you want a six pack? Hmm. And it had a, uh, it had a 60% open rate and, uh, and a, uh, I think it, it, we went, we brought it up from a 0.7% click through rate to a 3.9% click through rate. Whoa. So again, right. Again, email is just a display medium, right? That's all it is to get a user from point A to point B. So this is why when you're looking at your items, yeah, when you're looking at your email, right, when you're trying to figure out, well, what am I going to put in here? Yes, images are great, right? Images are great. But remember, the objective of the email is to get people excited enough so they click. And that's it. That's it. That is it, isn't it? I mean... That is it. That's the objective of email, right? It's the same. This is why I always, as I mentioned, right, the mind shift for a lot of these e-commerce people is the hardest to do because they don't understand. They've been fed these lies for the past 10 years that you have to have, that you have to, that your email is a sales page. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest problem that people have been fed. And that's what's actually killing them because, you know, email, you know, email is all about hitting that inbox. And to hit that inbox, you have to have a positive email rep, which is all based on your ability to engage. And if you have long form copy where you're giving away the cow and you're not giving a user to click, you're not giving them a reason to click, you're not going to get users to your e-com store and you're not going to make those sales. Right. 
Right. So, I mean, you used to work in the, the sort of the email service provider end of things. So yes. in terms of practical tips, one of the words that how I'm always conscious when I'm sending out an email, whether it's for econ business or for, uh, for more of a, an expert sort of industry business, there are certain words which I just won't put in my emails because I know uh, if I put Viagra in an email, even if, the, if I'm saying like, you know, make your sales go up, I don't know. Uh-huh. Like, I, I, oh, I don't know. Dear. Like if I'm, I, I, that was that was really bad, didn't <laughs> it? Um, but and there are certain words I don't want to be using in my emails. But how far can we take it? Like, which words would you, as a real pro at this, never ever use? In you know, honestly, e- there there there's no words I I avoid because you know email filters have be- gone beyond content. Don't get me wrong, okay? They they still do filter for content, but it's no longer about avoiding certain words. You know, that was the case back in, you know, maybe 2009, you know, where, you know, we would even sort of, you know, uh, stuff the emails at the end with a bunch of different sort of keywords to sort of balance out the negative keywords versus the positive keywords. Like we've, you know, trust me, spammers of the world have, you know, definitely um, know how to leverage. And unfortunately, the filters of the world, because, you know, that, that, that email account that Google gives you costs them hundreds of millions of dollars to maintain and and gmail and google hates email they hate it they hate it but they still spend you know hundreds of millions of dollars a year on improving their email filters Hmm. so you know it's not about the content filtering so there's no real word that i really do avoid don't get me wrong like sometimes i still fall into my old patterns of you know trying to avoid use like using words like free i'll be like complimentary but you know if i have a good email rip i don't it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what what words you actually use. They're sort of smarter than that now, aren't they? Okay. Oh, 100%. Oh, they are. I mean, there's, there's literally 150, there's close to on average on a daily basis, close to about 350 billion emails that get sent daily. Wow. That's just from Rob. I was going to (laughs) say. Probably. Now, Gab, we're going to roll into our second and favorite game of the podcast episode. Uh, Here's how it works. My colleague, Kennedy. Hello. Uh is going to sing a song, and he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British club singer. That means the words may be somewhat confused or disguised, and your job, Gab, and dear listener at home, is to try and guess what song you think Kennedy is singing. So, without further ado, take it away. Oh, wow. <laughs> any idea what song I, I'm pro- I actually think that is the most accurate representation of any song you've ever done. Oh, wow. It's getting better with age. I'm like a really good one. <laughs> Dad, do you know what song it, you know what song it might be? You know, you, you know for, for, for some reason, there, there were a couple of points that were, where it, it sort of reminded me of um, that, that song from the 80s. I'm an 80s child. You know, I can't remember. It's like, you can dance. You can dance, everybody. I, I even forget the words, but oh, it you, was... You, uh, I thought you were going to get well it. There. I was like, she's going to get it. Well, with the 80s. But it's not, it's not, whatever you can that, dance, whatever, you can dance whatever the hell that song was. I'm not sure, but um, uh, I, I, I think I, you were kind of different 80s to us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe music in Canada was different in the 80s. I don't know. 
maybe that's what it was. Uh, we'll tell you what the song was. I nearly revealed it then. Uh, we'll tell you what the song is at the end of the episode. Until then, you'll just have to sit and wonder. All right. Let's talk about sort of subject lines and stuff. When you're, when you're putting together great emails for ecom, how do you structure? What's your kind of cool tactics for creating great subject lines that actually get people to open the... the is it based on... On the, on the product? Is it based on some cool, funny, quirky angle that's sort of a bit abstract? How do you do it? Um, first and foremost, I like to keep things easy. So I have like this mega swipe file where if I'm going through, let's just say, you know, if I see an email, if I see an email that catches my attention, then I'll totally, then I'll swipe it. You know, that's what I usually do first. So um, now, of course, you know, subject lines always have to be represent, they have to represent the email. But I really, again, when it comes to the email subject line, it comes down to creating that curiosity. That's like anything else, right? Again, it's, it's, it's an ad, right? It's, it's, you have to tie it with emotion and at the same time too leave someone saying, what? Like, well, what is this? Like, what is this? I, I need to open it, right? I just, I just have to know what's going on in here. So, so this is why, you know, I, I have this swipe file where, you know, if someone got me to open up their email, damn right, I'm going to take that email subject line and I'm going to repurpose it um, any which way I can afterwards. But that's really the key to a good subject line is, you know, obviously it's based on emotion, but it has to leave you wondering, what the hell? What is this? Do you have a favorite? Do you have like a favorite subject line that's just stood out in your mind? You go, that was an absolute beaut. You know what? In all honesty, the, some of the best ones that work are the simplest ones. Like, I'm sorry. And people will be like, what? Sorry mm. about what? Because mm. again, that's the whole thing. It's like, because again, your brain wants to know, right? Your brain wants to know, what are you sorry about? I once sent an email to my list with a subject line, call me. And it was about booking in a strategy call for a coaching thing. And uh, later that afternoon, one of our friends gave me a call on my mobile. And I was like, hello. And he was like, hey, dude, what is it? And I was like, I, I don't know, you called me. And then all that happened was he'd seen the email, opened it, and just, uh, and, uh, just assumed that. I, so, so obviously, my normal subscribers can't pick up the phone and just call me. Uh, but mm. it shows the power of just having something that's like super powerful. Really? He just like, literally jumped. Yeah, it's just, again, it's, it's simple. Just keep it simple. You know, right, so everyone you're, you're tries to complicate things. Well, that, and that's that's always that you know, people want to try and get clever with things and make them punny and stuff like that and yeah. i get it being cute has its place of course of course so, gab if you were to start a new email campaign for somebody and mm -hmm. you want one of the first things you want to do as an email you know expert and, and guru and mm -hmm. you want to like prove how awesome you are at the very beginning don't you we all want to do that we all want to like do a lot you go right, i'm going to do this and it's going to just prove them how amazing i am and they're going to pay me forever to do this What's the sort of email you will send to their list as soon as you take over that you know is kind of your like, it's going to break right through it. It's going to cut through. Like what's the, what's the gab email secret? Like what's the thing you'll do? Um, well, the num number one, I should clarify, I don't do anything for clients, right? Okay. So I don't, I, don't, I don't email for clients. So I do have students that I do teach and right. I do actually have a program where I do consult for clients where I oversee what they're doing. So if I notice, gotcha. right? So if I notice a client that's created an email, right? So this is it. So on a weekly basis, I have my clients submit to me all of their emails for the week. They come to me, I basically give them my feedback saying, okay, this is what you need to change. <clears throat> you need to change or we need to optimize this based on the results we had on last campaign. So again, what I always focus on is selling the click. That's it. That's, that's my magic. That is okay. my magic. My magic is understanding what is it you're trying to do. You're trying to sell this product. Okay. 
then based on that, I'm going to take your avatar, I'm going to take your, their pain and desire, I'm going to put that in an email, and I'm going to drive them back. That's it. So that's where truly, you know, the email, where the true email magic comes into play is when you sell that click. Wow. Okay. And do you have like an ideal length for an email? Do you find that in a modern world, do we tend to react better to shorter emails? Or actually, are we still responding to long form email? Um. Most people, well, okay. I don't want to say most people because I always tell people, listen, you can always go wrong with long because, you know, again, the objective of an email is to get that engagement. And depending on your list, right? This is why it's like infopreneurs is going to be different, right? Because your audience is different, right? You've, you know, the people that you're probably getting are sort of maybe used to that long form email and they probably enjoyed a little bit more versus, you know, the 80% of users that are just in their email clients, right? They don't want to be bombarded with all this. They just want to see, okay, this is what's going on. All I want to do is click. So yes, the optimal format is like anything else, right? Because again, the same rules apply for email as they would for a web, uh, as they would for a web page, like anything else, right? You want to keep things above the folds, right? And then you, of course, you want to start testing the length. Like we've tested, like, remember that, uh, that email that, that I had mentioned that we optimized the one that said, you know, do you want a six pack? Sure. We optimized this from, you know, it started off with a longer form, you know, it took us three reiterations to actually get to that click rate. But the last split test that we did, because again, we were just joking one night on the phone, you know, I was with my students. I was like, hey, you know what? I was like, let's just do a one liner. Let's see what happens. Hmm. I was like, just get a six pack. Do you want a six pack? <laughs> you know? And uh, I was like, well, let's see if that works. So we basically took that one with a longer form email with that we typically do. And literally the results were so similar. Like the, I want a six pack one by like a half a percent more. Wow. Okay. So you know what I'm saying? But it was still above the fold. The longer one that went below the fold didn't get as much. So, you know, again, it's all about understanding, testing, split testing and seeing which one works best. But I can always guarantee you that the long, that the short form will always, always outperform your long form 100%. That's really interesting. Okay. And with that in mind, we're going to now head into the final bit of the podcast, which is our quick fire round. Hey, hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. So here we go. A few short, sharp, simple questions. The first one, what would be a book that you recommend? A book I recommend is The Story Brand by, um, oh, I should know his name. I think it's Donald Miller. I think it's Don Miller, if I'm not mistaken. I think I might be wrong, but it's building a story brand. The Story Brand, we'll link to that, of course, in the show notes. What was one of your top success habits? My top success habits is uh, definitely taking time every single day to appreciate. I really do. I take three moments every single day, sit down and appreciate what I have. That's really nice. And who do you look up to? Uh, everyone basically. I am. I'm five one. Thank you so much. <laughs> five one. I look up to everyone. <laughs> uh, uh, that was, you know, that's a good question. I was even reading that. I was like, ah, you know what? That's a good question. I'm not. I don't have one particular person that I really. Well, we'll ju- well, just say Kennedy for the sake of it. All right. <laughs> okay, um, I'll say Kennedy. I like it. And what are your favorite apps that you think are really cool right now that maybe are helpful to you or run your life? Um, the most helpful app, in all honesty, I like to kind of avoid my phone as much as possible, but anything that actually keeps me efficient on my phone, I forget what I had. I had this one thing that used to actually uh, limit, I forget the name of it actually, that, you should, that would actually limit like uh, social media so I wouldn't see it. 
Big important question here, Gab. <clears throat> yes. Who do you like more, red-haired Rob or platinum-haired Kennedy? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I do have a thing for redheads. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm not, can't lie. <laughs> oh, no, it's your question now. Yeah, it's it. supposed it. to be me. You, okay, finally. Come on, tell us. Where can folks go to find out more about you? Sure. They can uh, go to GabriellaRaponi.com or they can always visit um, my Email Maverick Facebook group. That is a group that's all for basically email marketers, email, e-com, everything, everything you want to learn about email. Excellent. Link to all of that in the show notes, of course, as ever. And Gab, thank you so much for taking some time out to come and join us and the listeners today. Yeah, and before we do let you go, we'll put you out your misery and tell you which song it was that I was singing so beautifully. Yes. Of course, there are hundreds, if not three, listeners at home (laughs) screaming it on the bus. Uh, on their way to work, and they're screaming, it was Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell. It was. Oh, Bat Out of Hell. I would have never gotten that one. You should have. <laughs> I was uh, having, having a great time singing that one. Thanks once again for being here. We really appreciate it. Great speaking with you. All right. Thank you so much. Well, I've got to go. I need to go and quickly set up my e-com store so I can start doing all this amazing stuff. <laughs> yes. I mean, you could just, it's really nice that a lot of us think that we do our, we do our email marketing for what we're currently doing, our, our direct response type stuff. And we think oh, it must be really, really different to be able to use those skills to actually sell e-com. But it's the same thing. How many times do we compartmentalize our knowledge and we're using it in one area, but we're not actually using it in another one? One of the things I really liked about that is it sounds really counterintuitive, but Gab- Gabriella just went out there and said it. You don't have to just sell people stuff that's directly related to what they just bought. In other words, what that tells you is we don't know what our customers want next. We have to do something about it, which of course falls right in line with everything we do here at Response Week. Ask people what they want and then sell them that thing next. It shows you a little bit more about that. Today we live in a world where people are less loyal to any store than they ever have been. There's really no a massive decline at least in customer loyalty like they don't go oh no that's the place that i get my ebooks from no 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 if you've got a thing that they want they're buying it absolutely so don't be frightened to just ask people what they want and then go ahead and i mean look at what amazon have done they were a bookshop they went no no we could sell chicken (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, people who read books they've got feet that sell them shoes absolutely and we'll buy zappos whatever it's called Mm. to do it so that's it for this episode if you are indeed a high ticket coach remember you can pop over to perfectapplicationform.com download our massively stacked psychological application form start seeing loads more applications coming in for your high ticket programs And if you missed anything from today's episode, you can go and check out the show notes that Grace here in the office has put together for you. Uh, You'll find them over at blog.responsesweek.com forward slash zero three seven. That's it. We'll see you next week. If you haven't already, leave us a review. Don't miss a thing. thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesweek.com.